Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. My name is Herb White, and with me today, as per usual, is our co-presenter, Ashley Mahoney. Hello! Hello, welcome back. I wasn't sure if there was going to be a hello, Ashley, after that, or yeah, I a just coffee reference. Switch it up a little bit. Of, okay, right. yeah. I mean, hey, it's a new season, but certain things are I think, you know, fairly familiar in this part of the county. It's becoming familiar. Becoming familiar. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. And one of the things that is becoming more familiar is Davidson College football. And I know in this part of the country, everybody's kind of like onto their own thing. With, uh, with with certain programs, certainly in the backyard of the ACC. But if you look closely enough, there's always a nugget somewhere. And we've found our nugget today with Davidson Football and Coach Scott Abel. Thank you for joining us on the oh, podcast. Thanks for having me. And we understand that you are not a newcomer to podcasting, so this is great for us. <laughs> you don't know well, how many times. I want to be honest. I, I, I'm still new. But I've, I've been on them before. Okay. How about that? Okay. I wouldn't call myself a veteran at podcasting. Okay. <laughs> so, but you're not a babe in the woods. No, I am not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Great. So you're in your second year at Davidson, and you turned the program into a competitive group. You obviously, maybe offensive wizard may just be. I would, a little bit I would definitely not use those words. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, but you, you enjoy your offense. I do. Okay. Yes. I, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> okay. So now you're 3-0. and zero. You've outscored folks by a bunch to not a whole lot. You just racked up a shutout win uh, Saturday against West Virginia Wesleyan. That's correct, yeah. And kind of give us an idea of at 3-0, and oh, is this what you expected or is there something that maybe you didn't expect that's a pleasant surprise? Yeah, you know, I think that's a good question. I think coming in to this year, I, I think uh, we were excited about the potential of what we had. You know, we uh, came off uh, in 2018 the best season over a decade here, right, in our very first year. Um, so we knew we had a lot to build on, uh, had, had some returning stars back. But, you know, we lost some quality players also. And, and you, you never know from year to year what the – what the team's you know personality is going to take shape, you know, really what we're going to look like, and so excited to see us out the gate three and zero. And um, you know, last year we thought our pre-conference schedule was probably it certainly was easier than what we've had this year. You know, um, you know, opening up with Georgetown, who's a scholarship program out of the Patriot League, and getting that win week one was huge for us. And then last week, you know, West Virginia Wesleyan is a D two program, a scholarship program out of a. Uh, really good Division Two conference in West Virginia, um, and, and that's a quality win for us. So excited where we are, but you know, um, you know, three and behind us. You know, we're we're really focused on this week and getting better each week and the challenge we have ahead of us. And you guys had two Campbell this coming. We do, yeah. So first road game of the year, headed to Campbell. Uh, you know, Campbell was you know, for those that don't know, they were in the Pioneer League um, uh, for years, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, uh, wanted to go scholarship football, so for those who don't know, we're Division One but non-scholarship. Mm-hmm. So there's two Division One non-scholarship leagues in the country, ourselves and the Ivies. Mm-hmm. And so Campbell wanted to go scholarship and since left the league and went to the Big South. 
so now they're a full scholarship program. Uh, and so uh, this would be the first time that the two programs have met since that's happened. Yeah. So the other side of that is everybody around here knows who's Campbell's head coach, Mike Minner, the sure. former Carolina yeah. Panthers. So that adds a little well, I know. That's right. I've watched him play. <laughs> that adds yeah. a little something extra there. Yeah. Um, but in addition to the big win Saturday, 56-0, it was your first shutout in five years as a program. Yeah. Uh, now, we talked about how you love your offense, but talk about your defense. Yeah, you know, and that's probably the – if you want to peel back the layers so far in our early season, that's that's the thing that jumps out, right? Uh, you know, last year uh, when we took over the program, our staff, the staff really came with me, and uh, my defense coordinator, John Berlin, has I mean, we've coached football together since we were 24 years old. So we started coaching football uh, at, at the high school level, coaching JV football when we were 24, and here we are still together. And so uh, as we move both the systems in here, the offensive system and the defensive system, the defense system took a little longer, right? We didn't quite, you know, it, it didn't all hit year one like we wanted. The offense seemed to click right away, and uh, so we had some holes to fill. We had some areas we needed to grow, and um, they've just done an amazing job on the, on the defense side of our football team to prepare our guys uh, this season. And what a difference. Uh, if my stat is right, and uh, I think I saw it this morning, we entered week four of college football, the number one defense in the country. So, you know, last year uh, we finished the season number one offense in the country nationally. And so here we are week three. Uh, our program has the number one defense in the country going into week four. And that, how exciting is that for our program, right, uh, to have that kind of success on both sides of the football so early in this campaign? Because this is – I mean, this we've had 14 games, all right? So uh, 14 games since I've arrived here and our staff's arrived here and our kids have bought into our culture. And, um, you know, the, the success was very minimal. <laughs> you know, to, to be nice, it was very minimal. Before we arrived, keep yeah. it real. You, exactly. All right. So, so you know, we're, we're not, you know we're nine and five over those fourteen games, and that's something I think our kids take a lot of pride in, and uh, it certainly gives us confidence. Talk to us a bit about Eli Turner. Yeah. So, yeah, Eli Turner is a sophomore in our program. He plays um, what we we tag as our slot back position. So in our in our spread offense, it's we're, we're a spread option team. So our slots are hybrid kids. They're they're running back slash receivers, and, and Eli took over starting role um, week six last year and never gave it back up as a freshman, played unbelievable. I said he was kind of the unsung hero. Like when you really evaluated the team last year at the end of the year and we were the number one offense in the country, you always kind of went back to Eli and what he did, whether he was blocking, the big pass plays he made, the big runs he made. And, and so now here he is year two. You know, we – we had a pretty traumatic injury last week. Um, uh, we lost uh, really one of our most dynamic athletes, Will Wicks, for the year in a knee injury. And so we kind of challenged, uh, and we don't really need to challenge Eli, challenge himself, but said, hey, it's, you know, we're going to actually do even more. And, and man, how he answered the call. Mm-hmm. You know, this week he had 120 some yards all purpose, 111 rushing, had a touchdown catch. Uh, yeah, he, he's he's very talented, but more importantly, he's very unselfish and puts the team first. And if I'm correct in this, he's listed at about five seven, five eight. I'd give him I'd give him five seven and a half. He's, he's <laughs> I'd give him a little more five seven, maybe five eight. He'd tell you five eight without the phone book. Yeah, but he, he he would tell you five eight. Uh, and uh, you know, he was one of the kids that I talked to early on after I got hired because he had already committed. Mm-hmm. So there was only a, a small handful of kids that 
I took over January 1 of 2018. So the recruiting season was well underway, but because it was a staff change, we were kind of playing behind the eight ball when we took over. But he was one of the few kids that was committed, so I wanted to keep him committed. Because I really, when I watched his highlight film, I said, man, he'd be dynamic in our system, offensive system. And it, it always feels good to get it right. I mean, you you're, you don't know if you do all the time, but I can seriously say we, it, Eli's perfect fit for who we are. Yeah. Now, I have to go back and Correct myself. It was not fifty-six nothing. It was forty-one nothing. So it was. There, it, know, it was forty. I know you were looking at me like what? That's <laughs> like, a, that, is that supposed to be next week's opponent? <laughs> no, no, for sure, no. Coach Coach Minner, if you're listening and you have a comment on that, you know, throw, throwing out your score predictions right here, right now. Well, coach Minter, we're not. If you're listening, to that, this is Coach Abel. I want to be clear. <laughs> we're talking about about previous opponents. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. But when you uh, talk about. Uh, your Division One non-scholarship that has its own challenges. It uh, does, that, yeah, it's but, very but, unique. Yeah, but talk about those challenges and the assets. As sure. Well. Yeah, you know, I say this all the time. I, I think everyone across the country, um, college football has their challenges. You know, with maybe the exception of if you're Alabama, right, or you're Clemson, mm-hmm. right. You know, but everyone has their challenges, and, and for us, that is ours. You know, we're we're playing Division One football, FCS level football with non scholarships. But the strengths we have are our are school, our academics. You know, who are we as as a as a college? You know, well, we're a national top ten, top fifteen college across the country. So, you know, uh, what does that mean? That means our kids are graduating with the best degrees out there, right? What are they doing upon graduation? So that's that's what we're selling, and, and it's meaningful, it's impactful. So. You know, when you're out there on the road recruiting, you have to help those kids see what what does this education do for them? And what what is the big picture 30, 40 years down the road? And you know, and, and you know, we're like every other uh, school like us. You know, we have the financial aid packages. The kids, you know, they they apply for financial aid just to see you know what they might get. And um, and so you you got to be very strategic and where you recruit and how you recruit. And for us, it's national. You know, so you know we have twenty one states represented on our roster. Because academically, we're one of the tough schools in the country to get into. Mm-hmm. So you know, we can't just recruit regionally. You know, now Carolina is important to us. We we did really well uh, in North Carolina last year in our first recruiting season, and they got some really dynamic kids that really chose us over some scholarship programs, which we're very fortunate. And here we are. You know, we're September, um, and we already have 14 commits for next year. And once again, numerous of them are turning down scholarship offers to come here and actually pay for education, but knowing what they're paying for, the product, which is that degree, you know. And so I think you just got you got to be very strategic how you talk about it. You have to have a plan. And uh, for me, you know, I, I, my previous university, I was there for 10 years. Um, it was at the Division three level, so we didn't have scholarships. Um, and it was a very high academic institution. So I'm very comfortable talking about that. And I'm very comfortable building a program with – those foundations, right? Knowing that you don't have scholarship money, knowing that you know you you have to help your guys land the best internships when they're here. You have to prepare them for post grad programs, not just football. You know, uh, we say it all the time here in recruiting. Football's small, doesn't mean it's not important, right? It's really important. Our kids work incredibly hard. They work as hard as anybody in the country. But at the end of the day. I think we as football coaches make it really complicated, right? You know, there's oh, as usual. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's always another X or another O, or there's always something to be drawn. But you know, uh, if we can get everything else right around football, right, the, the academic piece, making sure that um, they are uh, 
have the resources they need off the field to be successful in the classroom, in the community, getting those values set, then football's going to take care of itself. It really is, you know. And so we work really hard on that. And so you talk about that in recruiting and, and hope that resonates with people. And the people it resonates with are the ones you want here. Is that something where, as football coach at Davidson, you talk about the academics before the football when you go to a recruit's family? Or is it? The opposite. Well, I, you know, um, yes. So, you know, as you begin a conversation with, with a young person, it, it does start with the academic piece because I think probably really there's – we probably can recruit less than 5% of the country. So if you look at every high school football player around the country, we can only recruit probably less than 5% because of academics that it takes to get into Davidson. So where other programs like us can recruit thousands and thousands and thousands of kids – doesn't mean they want them all, right? But right. academically, they can recruit them. We can recruit hundreds of kids. And then so you weed those hundred down to who, who fits us as a program, who values that education. And then you have to kind of look past some of the numbers that everyone gets caught up in in our game, right? Is he 6'4"? Yeah. It, it, you know, 6'3", I say this a lot. What's the big difference? In, you, you take a kid who runs a 4'5", and a kid who runs a 4'6". Well, when they cross that, that 40-yard barrier, right, there's not but so much difference in them. Mm-hmm. You know, And so – find those really good football players that maybe some other programs are passing on because they didn't meet that height requirement. They didn't meet that wingspan requirement. Right. Or they're sh- you know, their 40 time wasn't a 4-5, it was a 4-5-8. Well, yeah. let's coach them up, and, and they're really good football players. So, so their size or their speed may be lacking, but their academics aren't. Never. <laughs> There's never an exception there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what every one of our kids has in common, you know, that they're, they're all coming – from their high schools as being one of the best scholar athletes in their school. And, uh, you know, and so really, and, and I'm excited about the level of talent we, we attract here. You know, we, as I said, we have numerous, numerous scholarship kids in our program that were offered scholarships at other schools that turned them down to come here, though they're paying for education, but they wanted this education. So we're, we're attracting some nice talent and, uh, you know, a- excited to do that. Now, Davidson's reputation athletically is basketball. Oh, no it doubt. It's a basketball school. Oh, we use that in recruiting now. How so? How so? <laughs> well, listen, you'd be a fool not to. You know, Coach McKillop uh, in the basketball program, it, it really put Davidson on the map long before, you know, uh, I got here. You know, um, I remember watching uh, uh, Davidson basketball compete, right, uh, when I was coaching somewhere else and watching Steph Curry and uh, – you know, knowing that who who Davidson was, but now that I'm here, you know, how do you use that? How do you capitalize on that? Well, first thing we did was we started recruiting California. So the the program, the staff before us was not recruiting California. Well, our most famous alum lives in California, mm-hmm. right? So so we started recruiting out there. Um, it's gone incredibly well. We we uh, we have a freshman running back from LA on our roster right now. Um, who got his first carry last weekend, and we currently sit. We have uh, four kids committed from the state of California right now for next year's class and a kid from Utah. And so when you when you get out there and you meet those kids and those families, they've all heard of us, right? It's not a stranger. You know, you're not saying, oh, where's Davidson? Oh, that's where Steph Curry's from. Of course it is, right? You know, and, and what do you know about Steph Curry? Well, yeah, he was one of the best student athletes, you know, uh, at his high school, he came to Davidson because he wanted this education. He's just like you right now. Um, and so we have certainly um, used uh, the strengths of, of what Davidson is in every area to help us grow. 
So having things like the NBA All-Star festivities, if you will, and having stuff not just here for the occasional game when Golden State is in town, but having that entire experience last winter, and goodness knows it's going to be winter soon enough, but did that offer a bit of an experience when you have a completely packed arena and people are like, oh, that's not, that's not just happening in Charlotte itself, but that ripples out into this part of Mecklenburg County. Well, it does. Well, I think it, I think it provides a great college experience for all our students, but including our, our football players. And now, hopefully, our you know our basketball team's been out of our home football games. You know, we've had we sold out against Georgetown, and what a great environment it was, right? And I think our president does a phenomenal job of understanding that. Okay, Carol Quillen is mm-hmm. amazing. You know, she understands the value of playing Division One sports and and what that does for a campus, right? So, you know, um, our basketball arenas are constantly sold out, right? Well, our, I know our football players love going to it, right? And we host recruiting weekends around. They're great. It's it's a college experience. You don't get everywhere, right? And so all of a sudden we're, we're starting to have success in football and we're seeing those sell out and what a great small college atmosphere it is. You know, we're not going to have we're not going to have 35, 45, 50,000 like Clemson and UNC and North Carolina State. You know, we're going to have five to 8,000 fans that, that pack the house. And, you know, there's tailgating going on. And what a great environment. And, and I think anytime you can provide those experiences for your student body, for your campus, for your community, man, it makes a huge difference. And, and certainly we capitalize on that as much as we can with our football program. And that's the other thing, too, that I think Davidson is undersold on as far as the actual football game day experience because that stadium it's a fabulous place to watch football in autumn especially and you know I've been to many 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 Davidson football games over the years and when autumn kicks in and the change in color and the temperature starts to go down you know Richardson Field is a wonderful place to go watch college football well it it is and I, I say this there's what makes us really unique how many programs are there like us in the country so we're we're an elite education right we're one of the i've said it top 15 20 schools in the country but we're in the southeast how many football programs are like that you know and and so we're we're a very small population playing division one football And, and i think uh you know, the, we're no different from every other southeastern town. They love their football. Mm-hmm. And Davidson and Charlotte love their football. And so we're starting to see that. You know, in year two, you know, um, when we talked about the sellouts, but that didn't just happen with your student body. We have a student body of 2,000, right? Well, you're not selling out with your student body. So you're really relying on the community to get involved. And our players, our staff have worked really hard to get out in the community, just like the basketball team has, to get support and uh, that has been overwhelming. I mean, it, it, and I've tried to give them a shout-out every chance I've gotten this year. Like, the, the community that's coming out to watch our games and support our team is incredible. And that is now starting to expand past Davidson into Charlotte. Some of the Charlotte people are coming up that have connections to us. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the other thing. Now, Charlotte does love its football, but Charlotte really loves winning football. You got to keep that <laughs> Most Well, most communities do that. Now, I don't, you know, there's no doubt, but I, I would think uh, – yeah, but I've lived in the communities I've lived in. I, yeah, I think they would all mirror the same thing. They, they love the winning programs, and if you're not winning, you know, you I don't know like what your crowds are like. It's just what it is. It's 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 part of the territory. Yeah. yeah. So now you're off to a three and zero start. You had a winning record last year. 
So what does a successful season in 2019 look like to you? Is it unbeaten? Is it something else? Yeah. Playoffs? All well, America honors? What? Yeah, I, you know, that's I, that's a tough question that, you know, I've actually, you know, kind of put on myself and, and we've talked about it as a team a little bit. And you you try to put, because we're, we're very early in this, you know, I mean, as we said, 14 games in this turnaround process, right, for a program that had really struggled for over a decade. All right, so... Uh, you, you try not to put too much weight on the shoulders of what the expectations are for our players because you just want them to play and get better. So we talk about it all the time. Right? The main goal is for us each week to be better than we were the week before, right? What does that look like? That's a very coach-like and, thing to say. Yeah, it, it's very – yeah, that, it's, 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 you can tell Coach A was being very politically correct here. Yeah, so how, how do we get better each week? You know, what does that look like at the end of the season? Well, we'll wait and see. You know, as I tell our guys – if if we're approaching that each play that way, are we better this quarter than we were last quarter? At the end of the game, that scoreboard will read what it reads, right? That we we can only control what we can control. Now I will say this: I, I think we have a good football team. Um, I'm excited about uh, uh, the battles that are ahead of us in our conference. You know, um, you know, I think last year we proved we belonged and that we could play with anyone in our conference. We were really 14 points away from being 10 and one. Now, were we ready to be ten one? No, I, you know that there's growth that has to happen, right? There's you, know, you have to build depth on your roster, and you have to overcome some injuries. And so, you know, uh, I think at the end of the at the end of the day, I think yeah, I'd be disappointed if we weren't competing. You know, deep in deep in the season in our league. You know, what does that look like? I, you know, I don't know. That I mean, come week nine and ten, I like to think we're in the mix. You know, that that we've begun to separate ourselves. You know, as every league does, right? As you get kind of that three weeks out, right, three weeks to the end of the season, the league kind of begins to separate itself, the top half, bottom half, and who's fighting it out. And I like to think that, that we're, we're one of those teams that's fighting, you know, in those last three or four weeks to, for, for something special. But for now, all we can really do is focus on each week and take it one week at a time. We, we can't look ahead and say this means a successful year, this means a successful year, because – I've learned in my years that when you do that, and, I, and I've been a part of quite a few championships, yeah, those are the years that probably it probably didn't happen because, yeah, you're looking too far ahead. So you got to focus here now. We've debated this multiple times that all it can take to turn a program in any direction is a coaching change. What transpired when you were offered the position and just kind of got, like you said, success had been fleeting? Yeah. And then suddenly you know, it's lightning in a bottle. Yeah. I, well, you know, I I give our kids so much credit. You know, I mean, that's, um, it wasn't, and I'll be honest, it wasn't an easy decision for me. You know, I was at my last school 10 years and I was happy. And, uh, um, you know, I, I say this all the time you, you always got to be careful. You know, grass is not always greener in, in our profession, but uh, uh, when Carol and, and the administration brought me down here and introduced me to what Davidson College was and what they, their envision for the football program, I think they had already kind of gotten ahead of it. You know, and what I mean by that is, you know, I, I, the program had, uh, if you really look at the history of the program, had been in a couple of different directions, right? It was full scholarship at one point, mm-hmm. lost all their scholarships, um, played Division One kind of as an independent, non-scholarship, then went Division Three had some success, but still independent, looking for a league, and decided to join this non-scholarship Division One Pioneer League. And since then, had really struggled. But, you know, um, but I think part of the, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons there. But one of them was, you know, really trying to, the program was somewhat still being run, kind of like a Division Three program at a Division One level. And I think 
really prior to me coming here, you know, um, the administration, uh, the the board, and some people who really cared about the football program stepped up and said, "Hey, some things need to change. You know, let's let's try to get a division division one staff. You know, let's try to get some support, some resources, get an Under Armour contract. Let's do some things that that makes sense." And, and that was put in place long before I was here. You know, that was two or three years before I arrived. And so when I arrived, those things are in place. And so how do you capitalize on that? And, and that was our challenge, right? Um, there's a lot of answers to this. The quick version is you, you build a culture, you build trust with your with your players and uh, your, your staff, uh, you develop relationships, and you keep it simple. Right. Don't let those X's and O's get too complicated. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what we did. You know, we, we did all those things. We, we got here and we began to build trust with the players as a staff. We developed relationships across the campus with our players, our community and our alumni because they're instrumental. I mean, they're, you can't be successful in anything without those relationships. And so we really focused on those things. And as you as those began to come together, winning and losing kind of takes care of itself. And so how do you grow from that? Well, now. Yeah, you, you, you have time, hopefully, to develop the roster the way you want to develop the roster. You, you have time to get in the weight room, do the things that you know are going to be impactful, um, and now to build deeper relationships and really begin to, to hopefully uh, trend towards something special. And that's, that's where we're heading, and, and I'm, I couldn't be more excited. And certainly it helps. It's my fourth program I've taken over. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not really a stranger to some of the things that – you know, some of the challenges that we were faced with when we got here. And I think that certainly um, helped that going through some changes that I knew we had to go through at other places really helped kind of get ahead of these. Mm-hmm. Kind of I tell our kids, there's potholes everywhere, right? <laughs> we want to get ahead of them, put a little gravel in so that it doesn't hit so hard, right? You don't want to bottom out. Yeah, you don't want your axle broken. <laughs> no. And, you know, I, and I, I said, there, there's still potholes along this path. You know, I mean, we're 14 games into this, right? If you So, you know, trying to get ahead of those and see those. And some are unavoidable, right? You know, like an injury to one of your best football players. But, man, how we responded last week, you know. And so you try to get ahead of it and, and, and put some gravel until you pave over it. And, <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and just hold your breath. Yeah. Hope for good things. Well, and I guess, it, you know, it's interesting that you talked about uh, building trust in community. I mean, when you're talking about coaches of any type, you know, it's not as the – the saying is, it's not the X's and O's, it's the Jimmy's and Joe's. Yeah. So it's that personal relationship that builds that culture that turns programs around. It, it, well, it, it is, right? You know, um, it's, uh, I think those are so instrumental. And I, I say this when we sit down with kids and families. Like, if, if I were running the local Chick-fil-A, I think I'd run it the same way. It's about people, you know. Um, I think X and O's matter. Right? I'm not, you know, I don't get caught up in that. But they don't. They only matter to a certain extent. The X and O's are only going to take you, but so far, right? And you know, so everybody, I think, likes to talk about our offense, right? Because we're unique. We're this option game out of the gun. You know, people are like, oh, you've modernized option football. Well, I don't know if we have or not, but it's a good fit for us. I know that it's a good fit for here at Davidson. So I think that kind of helped the transition. You know, that we had an offense that really was built. I think for a program like Davidson that is going to have a challenge on maybe getting the bigger guys, right? right. Not that you don't always have the measurables. So, um, it, you know, that's kind of why the service academies run some form of options. They're much different from uh, from us because we're, we're a gun option team. They're under center. They're more old school. But the concepts are the same. You do it trying to gain advantages. 
Right? And so uh, I think the X and O's matter, but they can only take you so far, right? You know, uh, there's a there's a nice picture of the last play of our season out in our suite out there last year, and uh, it was the last play of the game, and uh, uh, we got to stop on the goal line to preserve the win, the, and uh, to preserve the the best season over a decade. That doesn't happen because X and O's. That happens because of relationships. That happens because people want to be a part of something greater than themselves, right? You know, and um, I, I see it the same way in my faith. I'm a guy of faith, and and yeah, I, I'm so blessed, and, and and Christ and God have blessed me, but why? Because I, I feel I want to be a part of something greater than me, and that's what that is, right? And so it's no different with football, right? You got you want them to be something, be a part of something greater than themselves. So that's what you got to build, mm-hmm. and that's what gets that stop on fourth and one. When it was first and goal from the two, so four straight stops in under a minute, right? That doesn't happen with X and O's. That happens out of will, right? Yeah, I want to do it for my people. Exactly, kind of right? Mm-hmm. You know, you want to serve something greater than yourself. Okay. All right, so but this has been a, a really good conversation, and we've never met until today. And so, you know, and it's like getting acclimated with you know, something fresh with something familiar. And David's a football, we're familiar with it, but not this version of it and it's good to have that opportunity to learn more about it from you and best of success well we, forward. listen we, we so appreciate the time and and we we love talking about davidson football you know that as we arrived here we said one of the bigger challenges was how do we get our message out there mm-hmm. right so you know, anyone else listening and wants to talk to us about davidson football <laughs> we want to talk about it you know we want to talk about our kids and and that's the main thing we have amazing young people here Right and so proud of what our men do on the field, off the field, how they represent this college and how they represent their families, and so just so excited about what we're doing. Yeah, because it's not just that little group there; you're representing everybody. Everybody, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so there you go, folks. Coach Scott Abel, Davidson Wildcats, three and zero. So you're out there. You know you love winning football. This is the group you need to go get with uh, before uh, you know before too long because the bandwagon is filling up and they may have to go out and make more if things keep up the way they are. It's going to clog up 77 again. <laughs> and, and cause potholes that somebody will have to Hey, expressway's open though, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, expressway's open. Use it here. That's right. <laughs> so actually, take us out of here with the disclaimer du jour. It needs to be a drum roll at some point. But in the meantime, make sure that you've subscribed to Sports Charlotte on all possible platforms. Head over to SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can check out all of our coverage of Davidson across the board at thecharlottepost.com. And until next time... And don't forget our friends at Queen City Podcast Network. Uh, you guys have been tagged in like 15,000 tweets. Coach, you've been all over social media throughout this entire thing. Have I now? That's you awesome. Have, you have Snapchat, The Charlotte Post, Instagram at The Charlotte Post, Twitter, The Charlotte Post, of course. And Queen City Podcast Network. Make sure that you check out all of our fabulous episodes over there. And until next time, I'm Ashley Mahoney. And I'm Herb White with The Coach. Thanks for listening.